now it's time for USC Trojan Talk with Coach Harvey High. Brought to you by Terribles. Listen to the coach each week on KSHP AM 1400. And follow the coach on Twitter at Coach Harvey High. And now, here's Coach Harvey High. Well, good evening, everyone, in Las Vegas, Nevada, live. What a big day it is in Las Vegas the entire week as far as with the NFL draft. We welcome you on this beautiful Thursday evening. This show brought to us weekly by Terribles and Coors Light and in the Inland Empire on Saturday morning, year-round from 11 to 12 on AM 1490 on your dial. Welcome to USC Trojan Talk. We've got a great show for you tonight and in the morning on Saturdays. We want to welcome all of you. Eric McKinney is going to be joining us here in a minute from WeRSC.com. But before we get to Eric, let's thank our sponsor for the opening segment. And that's, of course, Mercedes-Benz of Henderson. Proud sponsors of USC Trojan Talk. Contact the general manager himself and Jim Chasen. Ask him uh, to uh, give you a deal. Show you around. Whatever you want, he'll get for you. Call Jim at 702-485-3000. That's 702-485-3000. Now joining us from WeRSC.com, Eric McKinney, the producer, the publisher, the whole package from the great network. Eric, good evening to you. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely, Harvey. Thanks for having me. I'll tell you, sort of an exciting uh, evening in Las Vegas. And for the people listening on Saturday morning, a lot of them will know the results already. But a lot of kids wait a long time for this day, don't they? Yeah, it's it's big. Um, it's one of those things you, you kind of feel, you know, the emotion building up to it. And, and what I like to see is a lot of the guys uh, who, who aren't being drafted and, and kind of the, the rooting interest they have in these guys that are doing it for USC, especially you, you see a lot of the guys that have played with with Drake London and, and really grew to love him as a, as a teammate, as a person, as a player, all of that. Um, seeing kind of everything that goes into this, everything the player put in, the, the team and, and all of that. Uh, it, it's a fun few days. You know, Eric, it seems uh, almost fitting that before we come on the air, maybe three minutes before we come on the air here this evening in Las Vegas, uh, they draft <laughs> Drake London. It's almost like, hey, wait a minute. This is almost planned. Isn't it amazing? I'm, I'm sweating. I'm sweating right now with, uh, with the amount of work I had to do just in the last three minutes before, um, before hopping on, posting stories and, and getting that changed or, you know, edited to, to the team and, and all that. But, yeah, absolutely perfect timing, perfect timing for this. So congratulations to the Atlantic Fal- Falcons. Congratulations to the Drake London, uh, a kid uh, you weren't sure of, uh, was going to break all the records in passing. Uh, I mean, 15, 16, 17 catches per game at USC, a basketball player and also a football player. You know him personally. You've had a chance to work with him. A lot of us don't know him like you do, or a lot of our listeners don't know him like you do. Tell us a little bit about Drake London. He is uh, he, he's a really easy guy to root for. He's, he's soft-spoken and kind of quiet. Um, when it comes to interviews, you know, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't brag a whole lot. He doesn't talk a whole lot. He'll, he'll answer your questions, yes, sir, no, sir. Uh, when he gets on the field, he is an, an animal in absolutely all, all the best ways. And that's at a, at a position where you don't normally see that. And, and I think that's really 
kind of what separates him. There's a lot of talented wide receivers. This is a big-time wide receiver draft. Drake London was just the, the first wide receiver picked and really the first offensive skill player picked in the whole draft. I think that tells you a lot about him. He is a guy where cornerbacks and defensive players just rave about kind of the, the passion, the aggression, everything that he brings to a football field. Uh, it, it's it's a bummer looking back at his USC career in that the 2020 season, he only got six games because the season was cut short. And then this past season, he got basically seven and a half games. That's a lot of football that USC fans were cheated out of not being able to see Drake London a little bit more. But uh, boy, boy, was he special for those games where he was on the field. It was, Eric. And I can almost say this, and you may agree and you may not, when they lost him, they lost their offense. They depended on him so much that really they really never adjusted back to moving to football. You know, I, I remember the the play, right, At, against Arizona going into halftime. He scores the touchdown. He gets rolled up. The celebration, right, from, from scoring the touchdown to the absolute error going out of every corner of the Coliseum, when he stays down, and it's the first time I can honestly remember being in the press box and feeling it there too. I mean, it's it's a very neutral setting in the press box. You know, you're you're not cheering, you're not you know pulling for any team. Uh, but when he went down, there was even a feeling in there of this is this is a significant moment, and and really was you know the season was not going well for USC at all. But that was that was the absolute kind of death knell for, for that team. There was just not going to be a bounce back because Drake London is the, the physical leader, the emotional leader, everything that any, any sort of positivity that that team had last year, it was all, all in uh, Drake London's performance. You know, uh, I just mentioned this and then we'll move on in the show, but obviously it's a big moment for USC football and Drake London and his family. But I was a little bit shocked when he went this early. I, I thought he'd be maybe 10 or 11, but to go sixth, wow. I'm telling you, there was no doubt in this, uh, uh, Atlanta's minds, was there? It's, you know, and we kind of talked about this a, a, a little while ago, just real quick. When he, so, so Drake London was not able to do any of the drills at the combine. He got invited. So he goes and, and just does interviews with teams. Uh, he had a pro day scheduled for April 5th that was going to be just his because he wasn't going to be physically ready to do the, the typical USC pro day that uh, 15 other, other Trojans went through. So he was set for, for April 5th. He can't do that because he tweaks his hamstring. He pushes it back a little bit. He goes out that day, and really all he does is run. I think I counted 11 routes on air, just kind of, you know, running around, catching a ball. Did that 11 times. Didn't run there. Didn't test. Didn't do any of that stuff. You start thinking, hey, are our teams going to dock him because they don't have a, a real 40 time on him? They don't have kind of three cones or, or you know, all of that stuff. No. I mean, the, the Falcons sure didn't, you know, and, and it, when a guy gets drafted that high, when you're talking about him there, it was clear that across the NFL, that this guy was a, a coveted prospect and, and was not going to get hurt by that. So the, the size, I think people are not concerned about the speed, but just the ability to go catch the football and create separation just in the fact that if he's open by six inches, he's wide open because he's going to go catch everything. But, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Um, 
he doesn't have that electric blazing speed. He didn't score, you know, 50 touchdowns in, in his career at USC. So it wouldn't have been, I guess, shocking based on that to see him slide a little bit. But it, it is the NFL draft, and you only need one team to fall in love with you. But I, I think a lot of NFL teams really liked what they saw from Drake London. Eric, I'll tell you, they must have, because I'll tell you what, when you take somebody that didn't compete as far as for half the season, uh, didn't go, compete in the uh, combine, didn't do much on pro day, and then uh, be selected that high in the draft, you say, oh, my goodness, I wonder how much all those things really mean. It's what you do on the football field that really counts during the pad, when the pads are on, not when the pads are off. So congratulations to Drake London, USC's uh, receiver, as he goes in the sixth round to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, not the sixth round, the first round sixth player picked by the Atlanta Falcons. Eric McKinney joins us from WeRSC.com. Eric, uh, I was with you last Saturday in the Coliseum. We haven't had a chance to talk together about this. We haven't done a show here on uh, USC uh, Trojan Talk uh, about the spring game. I get there early always because I like to look at certain things as a past coach. And uh, when I got there, you were already there two hours before the scrimmage even begins. I'd like to ask you, I know why I go, but why does an individual like you go two hours? And there maybe it was only ten people in the entire press box. The food wasn't even set out yet. <laughs> why does somebody – it wasn't. Why does someone go so early like you? And you were concentrating. I walked by you. I didn't see you. I came back, but you were looking straight on the field. Well, I mean, obviously, I want to be there when the food comes out so I can get there first. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the biggest key. Uh, I, so, so for the spring game, it was interesting, um, and and really, kind of for for all games, I like to be there. I like I like to be set ahead of time. I, I like to watch the team kind of come in uh, down from the peristyle, down the steps, onto the field, uh, and, and really from a from a journalist standpoint i want to see who's there i want to see who's who's on the field who's made the trip uh if anyone's kind of in a boot or you know dealing with injuries or anything like that and then once they come out from the locker room you can see who's dressed you can see who's who's going in the in the different kind of position rotations who's going to play who's not going to play uh that kind of stuff but i also like to see how guys warm up um on the field kind of who's spending time with who what guys are doing you know different individual drills um, that sort of stuff. And, and really, I, I just like to take in kind of the ambiance. It, it was, it, it's interesting being there that early. There's a different feel to it when the stadium's empty compared to when it starts filling in. And, and you know, we got a sense during the, the COVID year when we were there and there were no fans. That, that was wild to watch a game uh, in that setting. But there is something kind of, I, I don't know what it is, pristine, I guess, about being there really early um, before they get in. But but I love, uh, again, kind of taking count who's here, who's playing, who looks, you know, energized, who's juiced, who's ready to go. Um, and all that kind of stuff sort of plays a part in, in why I like showing up early. Well, I like you explaining that to me, as you do all of our listeners out there. Eric McKinney from uh, WeRSC.com joins us here this morning and this evening uh, on USC Trojan Talk. Again, in the Inland Empire, we want to welcome all of you out there on a Saturday morning riding along with us. Buckle up. On AM 1490 on your dial. And in Las Vegas, we thank Terribles and Coors Light for their sponsorship of USC Trojan Talk. Eric and I will be right back after this message. Fight on. I'm Harvey Hyde. 
Raiders fans, announcing Terrible's Game Day Giveaway. Enter for your chance to shop, scratch, and score a $1,000 Raiders shopping spree during every game day. Here's your play call. Run a slant route to the nearest participating Terrible Chevron location on Raiders game days. Catch a scratch card and enter your unique code in the Terrible Social House app. And you could score that week's $1,000 Raiders shopping spree. Terrible's, your only place to shop, scratch, and score. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Hello, I'm Fletcher Jones Jr., and I'm proud to be a Trojan. There's nothing like the winning tradition of the Cardinal and Gold, and I believe those same high standards of discipline, hard work, and a winning attitude will make you a champion in anything you do. At Fletcher Jones Dealerships, we always try to exceed our clients' expectations with services and amenities you won't find anywhere else. Here in Las Vegas, we have Mercedes-Benz at Fletcher Jones Imports and Toyota and Scion at Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion. Two excellent facilities with superb products and friendly, knowledgeable people. I hope the next time you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, you'll visit Fletcher Jones Imports or Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion and let us show you how hard we'll work to earn and keep your business. Until then, fight on. The Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation preserves, protects, and enhances the future of the Rose Bowl Stadium as a national historic landmark. America's Stadium has hosted two Olympic Games, with a third one coming in 2028, two World Cup Finals, five Super Bowls, and the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl since 1923. It is the epic center of college football and is the most iconic stadium in the world. To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.inspire, which spells inspire2022.org. Something really special and new, Floyd's 99 haircuts, colors, and straight razor shaves. Where at? Well, Southwest Las Vegas at the 215 and South Rainbow. Yes, you can have all of it in one show. Each cut comes with a hot lather, neck shave, and shoulder massage. Classic barber-style services in a family-friendly environment, perfect for mom or dad and the kids. Full color bar and salon services as well. Floyd 99 Cuts and Colors. Expert service, amplified experience. Go to Floyd99.com. For location information, that's Floyd99.com for location information. Friendship Circle of Las Vegas provides a fully inclusive and non-judgmental environment that nurtures relationships and helps create lifelong friendships for individuals of all abilities. Through their programming, Friendship Circle aims to promote an inclusive community that values all individuals regardless of the challenges they face. Learn more about Friendship Circle and donate today by going to lvfriendshipcircle.com. That's lvfriendshipcircle.com. Friendship Circle of Las Vegas. The only way to have a friend is to be one. Well, welcome back to USC Trojan Talk, live in Las Vegas, Nevada, this beautiful Thursday evening, broadcast by Terrible Decor's Light. And in the Inland Empire on Saturday morning, we welcome all of you on AM 1490 on your dial year-round from 11 to 12. Eric McKinney joins us from WeRSC.com, and we welcome all of you to join us here. As we talk now, we just talked about the draft. And by the way, Eric, I have to correct myself. And I'm uh, embarrassed a little bit, but I said he had 
that Drake London went in the sixth round, but he actually not sixth round as the sixth player selected, but he was the eighth player selected. So I have to apologize to all of our listeners out there, and we've got that straightened away. So now we can move ahead. Eric, on the scrimmage on Saturday in the Coliseum, give me your impressions as far as what you thought overall, a general summary of what you saw as far as uh, changes or what impressed you from last year's Trojan uh, team. You know, I liked it. It's really easy to to walk away from a spring game like that and, and have positive thoughts about it. And I understand, you know, that, 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 that that's kind of the easy take. But uh, starting offensively, that that's what really stood out to me is you can see Lincoln Riley's scheme on the field from, from the first play, you know, how, how often they ran the ball, what that looks like, that, that GT counter that they run with uh, both the guard and the tackle from the same side, pulling across and, and opening up holes. Uh, there's, a, there's a feeling that not only do they want to run the ball more this year, but they're going to be able to run the ball more this year. Uh, I, I think there's kind of an authenticity to the offense because you've seen Lincoln Riley establish it and, and be able to do it at a really high level uh, at Oklahoma. I came away very impressed uh, with Caleb Williams. I came away very impressed with all three running backs. There weren't a ton of like gigantic runs, but there was a, there's a confidence I think in the running game. Uh, it stood out to me that there were so many receivers involved. I think it'll be interesting. You've got that just absolutely massive hole left uh, by Drake London not being on the team this coming year. And so you've got a lot of guys that are trying to fill that spot. Uh, so, so I think it was the first time in a little while that we've seen an offense and it really did look like everyone was speaking the same language. There was a reason for things uh, going on. You had running backs catching the ball on the move with a huge you know, area to operate with as they turned up field. Uh, there were plays that were clearly designed for guys and, and got them wide open. Uh, so, so I think offensively, there's still, you know, the coaches said it over and over and over. Hey, we still have a long way to go, still have a long way to go. But I don't think it's wrong to be uh, kind of enthusiastic about what the offense showed. And honestly, when you say that, when, when you heap praise on the offense, the next sentence should be, well, the defense really struggled. And I do think that there were times, you know, the defense is not going to want to give up a 48-yard touchdown, even though that, that's a great throw from Miller Moss to Kyle Ford, who finishes it off. But the, the defense is not going to want to give up big plays. Um, the offense got in the, in the end zone a few times. There were a couple, you know, throws down in the red zone where it's just a one-on-one against the corner and, and the wide receiver quarterback made the play uh, instead of the corner. But I really liked how the defense fought back. Like they, you know, they were physical. They tried to bring it. They were on their heels a little bit and came back out and, and stopped some drives, three and outs and, and things like that. Uh, again, I, I think you need to add bodies up front to that front seven through the transfer portal this offseason. But the mentality really shone through, I think, for the scrimmage the whole way. The, the hitting, uh, the, the kind of battle in the trenches, Lincoln Riley talked about being really pleased with that, that it was really physical up front. Uh, on both sides. We've heard the players and the coaches talk all off season about, we want to instill this, you know, effort based defense. We want, um, we want to be physical. We want to bring, we want, you know, effort on every single play on both sides. And, and I think they got it again. Overall, I think you leave this spring and especially that game thinking, 
okay, this, they're, they're, this is going to be a football team. I think this is going to be a football team that USC fans are going to be proud, you know, proud to root for uh, in the fall. You know, Eric, I agree with you. I mean, we can talk about uh, individual things a little bit later on, but for the first time I saw a rhythm on the offensive side of the football. There seemed to be a purpose on why they did certain things. As far as that, we saw a very vanilla offense, which means there's so mm-hmm. much more to add to it. We had, you mentioned you saw a design running uh, game. You saw not the complete package, but you know what they'll do off of it. You saw little slip, uh, slip screens. You saw uh, deep throwing. You saw uh, the one-on-one type of routes. You saw what I like, Bobby, the best is not beating yourself, too. You mm-hmm. didn't see holding penalties. You didn't see people jumping offside or delay a game. The, for the first time when I went to a spring game, to me, and you might agree with me, it felt like a game. It didn't really mm-hmm. feel like a scrimmage. It felt like we were actually at a football game. And I agree with you on the defensive side. The defensive side never gave up. They kept playing hard. They made big plays. They tackled well in the open field. And one thing I really noticed, and I didn't know, I noticed it as a coach because I just hate it when I see it. I didn't see any big celebrations as far as they were expected to score touchdowns. They're expected to make big plays. I didn't see people jumping down or up and giving the first down signal or dancing around. To me, it looked like a football team that was disciplined and looking forward to beating people. That's been a big part of it. You know, that you talk about uh, culture in a program, and, and that's a word that's been kind of thrown out for a while now. Uh, when Lincoln Riley shows up at USC, the players believe him. They believe when he talks about, hey, if we do it this way, we're going to be good. They believe him because he's done it. You know, he, he won so many games at Oklahoma. Those were good teams. Those were, those were prolific offenses that he had there. There's a buy-in with this team. You have a massive, massive roster turnover this year. The players who came in have bought in to what Lincoln Riley wants to do in terms of the the transfers that we saw, the the 13 transfer portal guys who came in this spring. They understand what the culture is, is striving for, what you're striving for in terms of a culture. The players who returned, from USU, who stuck around, who didn't go in the transfer portal, who didn't leave early for the draft, who are coming back to play, they want that. They, they've sort of been begging for this the whole time they've been here. Now they've got it, and a lot of these guys have really been able to step their games up and, and really kind of focus more. You talk, I, the, the no celebration thing, the no offensive penalties at all uh, during the game, I mean, that that's sort of what you're seeing now. It's it's business now for a lot of these guys, and, and they're taking this very seriously. Uh, and, and Lincoln Riley is demanding that of them. So it's, it's a, you, you hear that a lot from the players, too, where they really feel like the coaches are all in on them, and they want to do everything they can to kind of prove themselves and give that back and, and be uh, as invested as the most invested guy. And, and I think that's, you know, the, the players, again, talk about, they want to be a player-driven team. They want players to be the leaders. They want players to be the ones pushing them. And those are that. Those are the teams that are really good. So again, I you know it's it's going to be tough. They were four and eight last year. It, it's it, you know this is not a team on the on the cusp of a championship or anything like that. It's a long way to go from four and eight to the college football playoff. There's a belief here 
that they can be, you know, they're, they're not saying what the, you know, we're going to be in this game, but there's a belief that they're going to be pretty good. They are certainly going to work hard to be good. How good they're going to be, it determines on exactly how good the other teams are that they play at the same time, and they don't beat themselves. And they showed that type of indication that they will not beat themselves. Like you mentioned, only two penalties the entire scrimmage, and one I didn't think was a penalty, and later on they said it wasn't the targeting call, and the other was a little holding, pass interference, and occasionally you're going to get that, but it wasn't like uh, intentional things happening all the time and all the different type of things that would really upset you watching a football game when a team beats itself. I want to talk more with you. Let's get into the quarterback competition situation. Everybody understands Caleb Williams is a coach on the field. He's on top of everything. The players know what's going on. He knows where the program is going as far as offensively. He knows what's still in the book that hadn't been used. But Miller Moss, let's talk about Miller Moss, a kid that stayed at USC. Others transferred. This kid, I think, has really, really proven a lot to me as far as courage, staying against Caleb uh, Williams, and I think he's really improved. I really think he's an improved football player. And if he has to play, I think he'll do a good job. I, look, I don't know every single thing about every team's backup quarterback in, in you know, the Pac-12, let alone the entire country. I got I, I feel pretty confident throwing Miller Moss out there as, as one of the best, you know, backups based on what we were able to see. And the distance that he has traveled from the very, his very first spring ball practice, when he came in as a true freshman 2021 uh, for spring ball, he hadn't played the previous year, uh, and it, it, th- there was some rust. I mean, some significant rust to the point where, you, you know, you, you were kind of rooting for him during practices to, to be able to get it together. Uh, he did, he, you know, rebounded well. You saw him improve, improve, improve. Where he is now, what, what he showed during that spring game, it, it's a different guy. Physically, he looks, it, you know, so much more mature than he did as a freshman. That's a that's a full year in a college weight room now. Uh, the, his ability to grasp this offense and jump in, he's so much more confident, I think, of himself as, as a person and a player. Uh, I, I wrote this recently, but the biggest ovation, I think, from USC fans this year is going to be when Caleb Williams goes out and takes that first snap. The second biggest might be if Miller Moss finds his way into a game. You know, if that's, if that's, kind of a blowout game where he's coming in to mop up, or for some reason if he has to take uh, snaps you know, during, during kind of live action there. USC fans have, have really gravitated to him, and I think for good reason. He says all the right things. He stuck it out. He's got that kind of hard work mentality. Let me try to prove myself uh, by sticking around. And, you know, being the, being the backup quarterback at USC is, is not a bad gig um, if you can get it, but yeah, absolutely. Lincoln Riley said he's one of, you know, maybe two, three guys who improved the most from practice one to practice 15 this spring. You know, they both had uh, not equal terms, uh, turns, but almost. They didn't have like five or six quarterbacks out there this spring. And I think that gave him an opportunity to learn the offense and also work with Caleb Williams. And I think they have a great relationship. I think Coach Lincoln Riley has showed that he can coach quarterbacks, and he talks with them. And for the first time in a long time, I saw a quarterback come to the sideline, both quarterbacks come to the sideline, and be talking to the play caller and the head football coach and the offensive coordinator 
when they weren't on the field. And I never saw that before with the past uh, programs over the last several years. And I think there's a communication going on now off the field as well as on the field as far as with the guy that's running the show, and that's the quarterback. But when we come back, Eric, let's talk a little bit about the individual performance as far as with the offensive line, defensive line, and some of your thoughts there. Eric uh, McKinney joins us from WeRSC.com. I'm Harvey Hyde in the Inland Empire. We welcome you every Saturday morning, and we say thank you for buckling up and riding along with us year-round. And in Las Vegas, Nevada, we want to thank Terrible Herbs and Coors Light for the sponsorship of USC Trojan Talk every Thursday night. So buckle up. We'll take this short time out with you. Fight on, and we'll be right back. fans announcing Terrible's game day giveaway. Enter for your chance to shop, scratch, and score a $1,000 Raiders shopping spree during every game day. Here's your play call. Run a slant route to the nearest participating Terrible Chevron location on Raiders game days. Catch a scratch card and enter your unique code in the Terrible Social House app. And you could score that week's $1,000 Raiders shopping spree. Terrible's, your only place to shop, scratch, and score. Visit Terrible's.com for more details. Hello, I'm Fletcher Jones Jr., and I'm proud to be a Trojan. There's nothing like the winning tradition of the Cardinal and Gold, and I believe those same high standards of discipline, hard work, and a winning attitude will make you a champion in anything you do. At Fletcher Jones Dealerships, we always try to exceed our clients' expectations with services and amenities you won't find anywhere else. Here in Las Vegas, we have Mercedes-Benz at Fletcher Jones Imports and Toyota and Scion at Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion. Two excellent facilities with superb products and friendly, knowledgeable people. I hope the next time you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, you'll visit Fletcher Jones Imports or Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion and let us show you how hard we'll work to earn and keep your business. Until then, fight on. Pizza, pizza, pizza. If you're like me, pizza's not just a food, it's a way of life. And the folks at Cetabello Pizza get every detail just right. Homemade dough made daily and hand-tossed. Extra virgin olive oil, freshly chopped tomatoes and basil, and generous portions of mozzarella cheese with a dizzying array of toppings. Join me at one of their two area locations, one at Green Valley Parkway, another one at Fort Apache and Sahara. No time to dine out? No problem. Order today and take it to go at setabello.net. That's setabello.net. Setabello Pizza, when only the best will do. Well, welcome back to USC Trojan Talk live in Las Vegas, Nevada, on this Thursday evening. We want to thank Terrible Herbs and also Coors, Coors Light for the sponsorship of USC Trojan Talk. And in the Inland Empire, good morning to you between 11 and 12 on AM 1490 on your dial. USC Trojan Talk is with you year-round. Eric McKinney joins us from WeRSC.com. Eric, before we continue, I want you to tell everybody about your webpage and your website. And you're there at every practice, every press conference, and everything's going on. And when you're there, they're there. But you get it up right away and tell them what you saw. <laughs> yeah, so uh, wearesc.com. It, it's um, been around for as, as long as the Internet has covered uh, college football specifically. And, and it was founded by uh, Gary Paskowitz, a, an absolute pioneer uh, in this business, in terms of covering uh, high school high school recruiting and and the USC Trojans, um, 
founded in in the late 90s. That's how long it, it's been going. Um, and so it's gone through a few different iterations, been with networks, been independent. Right now we're with a network uh, that's called On3, uh, and, and it's been a blast. So it, it's, you know, myself and um, a lot of great writers, Greg Katz and Chris Arledge, uh, former linebacker Kevin Bruce is a contributor, Scott Schrader and, and Mark Culkin. Uh, we, we just kind of brought them on board as, as we merged sites um, with, with their former site. So uh, right now it's, you know, we're, we're running a, a seven day free trial um, period. And, and so it's, it's a lot of USC fans coming on talking USC athletics, USC football. Um, and, and so we've got kind of practices covered, games covered, recruiting uh, information, as, as much information as you want uh, as it pertains to USC football. Well, you listen to all the press conferences, you listen to all the assistant coaches, you talk to the players, you have a broad uh, scope of what's going on on the practice field as well as the scrimmage on last this past Saturday at USC. Let's continue uh, with this because it was your first observation, too, of a complete practice. Uh, let's talk about, as you see it as a group now, not individual works, what areas are you impressed with as far as the strengths of the offense and maybe areas of the offense that still need to be improved or maybe get a few additional players, and then we'll talk about the defensive side. You know, the the offense, I like what I saw. I think that at, at wide, wide receiver, I think, is a spot that I would look at. I think that there is um, a little bit of danger to just saying, oh, we have a loaded room, there's 10 guys who could play. I, I think you need a guy or two to be really elite and have a leader in that room and know that you're getting, you know, know what you're getting out of that guy. Um, and, and so I'll be interested to see this summer, this fall, if somebody like that imp- emerges. You had, uh, you know, Mario Williams caught two, two touchdowns, four receptions, Kyron Ware Hudson, four receptions. Three receptions to Brennan Rice. You know, it, it was a lot of guys sort of pitching in um, across the board. I'll be curious to see how that position uh, shakes out. I think running back and quarter, at quarterback, you're set with Caleb Williams. I think those running backs are really, really good. Uh, they're not huge guys, but you've got, you know, Travis Dye, who came in from Oregon, Austin Jones, who came in from Stanford, and Darwin Barlow, who was with USC last year but came in from TCU. So three transfer running backs, all of them played uh, at their previous school. Travis Dye put up unbelievable numbers at Oregon. Austin Jones was good at Stanford, stuck in that kind of Stanford offense that that hasn't really been able to highlight anybody for the last couple years. Uh, But those are guys that run hard. They're not overly big, but they know how to move as running backs to pick up extra yards in every way, whether it's speed getting around somebody or just taking somebody on and kind of always falling forward. I was really impressed uh, with the running backs, and I think they are going to be really keys to this season. The quarterback gets a lot of the spotlight in Lincoln Riley's offense, and you're talking about Heisman Trophy winners. You're talking about number one overall draft picks. That's as big as it gets uh, when it comes to, to college football and making that transition. But that running game is always there for Oklahoma, and I think USC – has some really good ones at running back to watch. Well, let's take a look at the offensive line. As you know and I know and all the coaches know that that's where the battles are won. 
and gives the other individuals, like you mentioned, an opportunity to display their skills. What about the offensive line? Uh, ahead of what you expected, behind uh, uh, enough players, do they need additional transfers? The key on the offensive line is, in your opinion, what? Uh, I think it's going to be the two tackles. I think that's going to be really interesting. Uh, up, up the middle, Brett Nealon is back at center for another year. feels like he's been at USC for about eight years now, and, and he's got a ton of experience. Just as, as I think in terms of implementing a new offense and scheme and all of that, it, he's as good as it gets as you want up front there. Uh, Andrew Voorhees is back at left guard. He was phenomenal last year at guard and at tackle. Justin Dietrich returns. He's kind of been that super six, super sub, that six man uh, on the offensive line. He's going to get a real shot to start, I think, at right guard. The two younger guys are out there on tackles. That's Corlin Ford at left tackle, and Jonah Monheim played uh, at right tackle this spring. There's a transfer who's kind of waiting. He's been injured. Bobby Haskins came over from Virginia. He's going to get a real shot, I think, at left tackle and, and right tackle. And so you've got those three guys uh, battling there. I, I think the offensive line is ahead of schedule. And I also think that the coaches believe that. Lincoln Riley, he does not seem to be one to sugarcoat things. He talks really highly about the offensive line. He said there's no reason, I, I believe he said, no reason on this planet that we shouldn't have you know one of the best offensive lines uh, in the country. And so he thinks they're going to be able to run it well. He thinks that that offensive line is good. It would not shock me if they went out and got another offensive lineman in the portal, maybe two. You're talking about something where at this point you can bring in a younger guy from the portal and have him be, you know, kind of redshirt this year and, and figure things out in order to participate, you know, in, in order to play a bigger role in 2023. Uh, so, so I think you have the pieces up front. They really needed those guys six to eight, six to nine to take a step forward. I think you're seeing glimpses of it with Mason Murphy, who played a lot of left tackle, uh, and Maximus Gibbs, who played some defensive line last year, came over to offensive line, lost a ton of weight, and, and looks to be uh, in the best shape. He's still still moving down a little bit, uh, but he's a the guy there. And then Andrew Millick is, I think, ready to go as your backup center. So I think you've got some guys. I don't think this is immediately you know, the, the best offensive line in the country. I think last year we saw some significant steps forward from that group, and I think they're in a pretty good shape uh, for this year. I know it sounds weird. We've been talking about USC offensive line problems. It feels like six, seven, eight years uh, at this point, even even with some first-round NFL draft picks in there. Well, they don't have a lot of depth, and I think the key is, and I agree with you, is Bobby uh, Haskins. Uh, he has to get healthy and he has to get out there. And, of course, he's going to have to – win his position because Ford did a good job at left tackle. And I think he's going to have to win his position. I think people understand that, but he comes in with some experience as far as a senior and he's a big kid and they need some leadership on the offensive line, along with the others that are returners. And they'll have a lot of uh, snaps. The uh, most of those guys have all played a lot of football. And I think, again, I agree with you. I think these other players have come along really well as far as the development of them. And it was good to see them uh, play. And I want to give credit to one kid. And, you know, a lot of people don't really talk much about him, but I watch him closely. Gibbs, a big uh, kid out of St. John Bosco, uh, number 60, right guard. I think he's playing the right position. And I would just want to mention this again because sometimes some kids don't get this. But this kid has really worked hard. He's shedded a lot of weight. 
probably 30, 40, 50 pounds maybe. Maybe he's down to 390 now. He's really bigger. He's a huge kid. He's got a lot of potential. I think uh, as a pass blocker, it's very difficult to get around him. And when I watch him, he's starting to move better. So I think this kid could be a stand-in somewhere if someone got hurt. And in a couple of years, if he keeps having the same type of attitude and works hard, Eric, I think he could turn out to be a player. He said he weighed in at the end of last year about 4'10". He's down to 370 uh, during spring ball. He's got eyes on like 355, 360, that that area uh, by the time fall comes around. It, so, something clicked for him this year, this offseason. Um, it, it's it's whatever, whatever he's doing is working now, and you could tell when we talked to him this spring – it, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to say that knowing how it's done, the, the weight was lifted off his shoulders, right? That, that's exactly what happened like physically and mentally. And so for him to see the kind of success that he knew he needed to see and couldn't quite get, I think, during the season last year, and it was tough, right? He's a true freshman. Uh, he was not, He did not come in early, so he didn't have spring ball. So he's trying to figure out – how to how to play offense, how to drop weight, how to become a, a college player. Halfway through the year, they flip him over to defensive tackle because they don't have any depth there and kind of throw him out on the field. That's a that's a rough first year for someone to go through. So for him to battle through all of that, be out there in the spring and and really look good, taking steps forward. And and I think, like you said, I, I don't think you're expecting him to be the number six guy and a huge contributor this year. But this is a year, I think, that could set him up to maybe be in that discussion as a starter in 2023. I think that's the, the projection that he has. And, and let's remember, this kid was a huge recruit. He had, a, he had offers from all over. SEC, the, you know, the whole country was after him. So there is a lot of physical ability in Maximus Gibbs also. And I agree with you. And he's playing his uh, position that he played in high school. I think he's familiar with that. Feels at ease with that, and uh, I want to wish him the best of luck because I know how hard he's worked to get himself into this type of position. So why don't we take a short time out? When we come back, we're going to go to the defensive side of the football, and if we have time, we'll talk a little about the special teams. We'll talk about how they substituted, how players got on and on and off the field without anybody really uh, no delay of games. No 10 guys, no 12 guys. It went pretty smooth. So we'll talk with Eric McKinney from you. WeRSC.com in a moment here, but I've got to take a break with you out there. So buckle up in the Inland Empire and AM 1490 on your dial every Saturday morning from 11 to 12 year-round and in Las Vegas, Nevada. We thank all of you for joining us on this Thursday evening. Yes, we want to thank Terribles and Coors Light for the sponsorship of USC Trojan Talk. So buckle up and fight on. I'm Harvey Hyde. We'll be right back. Raiders fans, announcing Terrible's Game Day Giveaway. Enter for your chance to shop, scratch, and score a $1,000 Raiders shopping spree during every game day. Here's your play call. Run a slant route to the nearest participating Terrible Chevron location on Raiders game days. Catch a scratch card and enter your unique code in the Terrible Social House app. And you can score that week's $1,000 Raiders shopping spree. Terrible's, your only place to shop, scratch, and score. Visit Terrible's.com for more details. Hello, I'm Fletcher Jones Jr., and I'm proud to be a Trojan. 
There's nothing like the winning tradition of the Cardinal and Gold, and I believe those same high standards of discipline, hard work, and a winning attitude will make you a champion in anything you do. At Fletcher Jones Dealerships, we always try to exceed our clients' expectations with services and amenities you won't find anywhere else. Here in Las Vegas, we have Mercedes-Benz at Fletcher Jones Imports and Toyota and Scion at Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion. Two excellent facilities with superb products and friendly, knowledgeable people. I hope the next time you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, you'll visit Fletcher Jones Imports or Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion and let us show you how hard we'll work to earn and keep your business. Until then, fight on. Big Dogs Brewing Company is proud to be Las Vegas' original hometown brewery since 1993. Our handcrafted beers are brewed fresh daily at Big Dogs Draft House by our team of award-winning brewers. Big Dogs Brews are now available in cans at major retailers such as Lee's Discount Liquor, Total Wine & More, Whole Foods Market, Smith's, Albertson, Corey's, Terrible Hearst Stations, and more. Big Dogs Beers are available on draft at select restaurants or bars around Las Vegas. Ask for Big Dogs Brews by name. Visit us at BigDogBrews.com to track down our local award-winning handcrafted brews or stop by Big Dogs Draft House to sample the full range of our classic seasonal and specialty ales. Drink fresh, drink local, drink Big Dogs. The Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation preserves, protects, and enhances the future of the Rose Bowl Stadium as a national historic landmark. America's Stadium has hosted two Olympic Games, with a third one coming in 2028, two World Cup Finals, five Super Bowls, and the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl since 1923. It is the epic center of college football and is the most iconic stadium in the world. To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.isbire, which spells inspire2022.org. You work hard for your business. You need a bank that understands your business. Let Metals Bank be your business partner for all your banking needs. We are a full-service community bank with competitive loan and deposit products and services. We're also a preferred lender for SBA, 7A, and 504 loan programs. The experienced team at Meadows Bank will give you the services you need with the reliability you can depend on throughout branches in Las Vegas, Henderson, Reno, Pahrump, and now in Phoenix, Arizona. Call our friendly, knowledgeable staff today at 702 702- 471 bank that is 702-471-2265 or use our convenient online banking service at meadowsbank.bank meadows bank where your business is our business pizza 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 if you're like me pizza is not just a food it's a way of life and the folks at setabello pizza get every detail just right homemade dough made daily and hand tossed extra virgin olive oil, freshly chopped tomatoes and basil, and generous portions of mozzarella cheese with a dizzying array of toppings. Join me at one of their two area locations, one at Green Valley Parkway, another one at Fort Apache and Sahara. No time to dine out? No problem. Order today and take it to go at setabello.net. That's setabello.net. Setabello pizza when only the best will do. Well, welcome back to USC Trojan Talk, live in Las Vegas, Nevada. We thank Terrible Herbs and Coors Light for the sponsorship of USC Trojan Talk. And in the Inland Empire, we welcome all of you on Saturday morning from 11 to 12 on AM 1490 on your dial. Eric McKinney joins us from WeRSC.com. Uh, uh, we and uh, Eric, I'm trying to look at the clock, and I'm saying we don't have a lot of time 
to get into the defense. So why don't we do this? Let's highlight some of the new players, like the kid from Alabama, Sean Lee, and the kid from Auburn, the outside uh, rush guy, and, and talk about some of the new people. Coy Foreman, see how he did in the spring. Everybody's wondering, did he progress, get better? How about your thoughts on these three individuals to start with? Yeah, those three guys are going to be key guys for the USC defense. They, they all play really impactful positions in Alex Grinch's defense. You've got Shane Lee coming over from Alabama, and he has taken on such a leadership role for the, for the linebackers, for the defense, for the entire program. Uh, he is an absolute monster in the weight room. Uh, he has pushed everybody there. And, and really, if his play can come anywhere close to what his leadership ability has been, uh, USC's defense is going to take a step forward just based on that. He's a, a big, thick, thumping middle linebacker. He'll be tested in coverage, I think, a little bit, but he's going to come fill holes and, and he's going to knock people back. Romello Height is the, the edge rusher from Auburn and Corey Foreman. They're both playing the same position. And Romello Height came in and really took control of that rush end spot as Corey Foreman battled some injuries early on in camp. Corey Foreman got healthy toward the end. You started to see flashes, and, and this staff sort of talks about him the same way that the last staff did. And it's a lot of, boy, is their talent. He's got to stay on the field. He's got to bring it every down. And, and I think Corey Foreman, you, he, he talked about this new staff coming in as being able to hit the reset button a little bit on pushing that true freshman year you know, out of his mind okay, learn some things for that. Let's go. Let's get it this year. I think since he's been healthy now, the last half of camp, you've seen some flashes of, you know, Corey Foreman, five-star, big-time recruit, and I think he's more comfortable now. You've got a guy like Caleb Williams who's taken a ton of the spotlight and some of the other guys, Corey, Corey Foreman, can kind of fit into the defense now and just play football a little bit. I think he takes a step forward. Romello Hyde is a big, physically imposing guy out there on the edge. I think defensively, still some work to do up in that front seven uh, in terms of finding kind of improvement there. Tuli Tuipolotu is back. He is everything that you want from a defensive lineman. He'll be one of the best defensive linemen uh, in the in the conference, maybe even the country. USC needs more players up front to play like him. They, you know, when, when you look at the Georgias, the Alabamas, those teams that put those defenses out, they've got three or four of him, you know, guys that are going top 10 in the draft, you know, first round uh, in, in the draft. So I think some work to do up there. And then defensively in the secondary, it's young. It's young back there. Um, you didn't have Makai Blackman who came over from Colorado, one of those transfers uh, that you mentioned. I think he'll eventually take a corner spot. Coaches absolutely loved everything that he brought. He had a foot ankle um, injury and, and missed and the last little bit of spring ball. Uh, but the coaches really loved him. Kalen Bullock was back again, you know, at safety. He had an interception that got wiped out because of a, a holding call or a pass interference call. I think big things from him. So you've got pieces all over the defense. Can they come together? Can they, they play, you know, cohesively as a group? Uh, I, I think becomes the question. And, and then can you add more talented pieces kind of at, at various levels? Um, through the transfer portal here in the next few weeks and months. Well, let me ask you this question. On the defensive side of the football, we talked about the offensive side of the football. You mentioned a portal. What do you think they need to go after, number one? 
big guys who can run up front in that front seven. Uh, I, I think a, an interior linebacker, um, if, you know, maybe two, I think a couple big guys in the middle of that defensive line too, a, a defensive tackle, a defensive end. They, they like guys, I think, who can play a couple of different positions up in that three-man front up there. Um, you've got Romello Height as that edge rusher. I don't, I don't think it would be crazy to add another guy there. There were some depth issues this spring to where uh, position coach Roy Manning had two, maybe three guys, you know, for a practice at that spot. So guys who can run, guys who can hit uh, up there in that front seven. Because, again, it, it's, it's been a while since the USC defense has walked out on the field and absolutely set the tone changed the line of scrimmage, pushed guys backwards uh, up front. It's been a lot of kind of catching blocks and and trying to hold on to running backs four, five, six yards downfield. So I think guys that have that mentality that can make that kind of impact, uh, I think will be big. Corner two may may be another spot. I mentioned Makai Blackman came in, but uh, you know some depth issues there a little bit too with guys uh, injured this spring. I think that you've got guys there who are going to come back and get healthy so not as much of a concern but really defensively if, if the coaches like a guy they're going to go after him no matter what position he plays well i think one thing we have to all be afraid for a little bit uh aware of is we can't be too optimistic as far as too quickly because they're going uh, they're playing against each other but i think they certainly are an improved football team i think they uh, they look like a football team they act like a football team and they're in the right direction And again, uh, Eric, all I can say is thank you so much for joining us. I say this every time you're on our shows. You bring so much with you as far as information for all of our listeners out there. We are SC. Please uh, go to the webpage and uh, take a look at it. Uh, We are SC.com. Check it out. But, Eric, again, we got to go. I want to thank you very much for joining us. I want to say, hey, have a great summer and spring. We'll be back next year with you, I hope, during the football season and talk more about USC football. Eric McKinney, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Time always flies by with you, Coach. Thank you very much. That's Eric McKinney. We are SC.com, again, in the Inland Empire. We thank you very much for joining us on Saturday morning from 11 to 12 on AM 1490 on your dial. We thank Justin in the studio, our engineer. He makes it all happen, and our producer, We thank Budget Car and Truck Rental in Las Vegas for uh, being a a part of our show. Call them at 702-736-1212 if you need a car or truck. And again, Terrible Herbs and Coors Light, we thank you in Las Vegas for your weekly sponsorship live of USCTrojanTalk.com. I'm Harvey Hyde. Fight on, and we hope your team wins.